Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Eggle Pick Pod. Eggle Pickers, welcome back. Another episode of the Eggle Pick Pod, second episode of 2022. The first preview, normal, regularly scheduled programming episode of 2022. We've got a fight night card between headlined Calvin Cater and Giga Chikadze. Main card starting at 6 p.m. from the Apex in Vegas. We've got our usual suspects in the house this evening. We're recording this one a little bit earlier on Tuesday this week. DK in my upper left, Reese in the bottom middle. How are we doing, fellas? Real good. Great to be back. Yeah, I feel like I've been fiending at the lips these last four weeks. This is like, honestly, maybe the longest break with not only without the UFC, but like without MMA in general I've ever had. And so I... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't drinking mouthwash to keep the shakes off. But one more yeah. thing too, PSA, I do have a little cold, so it, I, I'm not going to mute myself every time. So the sniffles are in, the sniffles are going to be heard. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. I guess I also didn't give enough credit. We've also got Eagle FC this weekend, which has got some good names on the card too. We'll see if we get into that as well. Um, let's not waste any time. We've got, Tons of fight announcements. We recorded our last few episodes a little bit ahead of time. It's time traveling. So a lot to cover here as far as fight announcements go and just catching up. Um, so let's get right into it. I'm going to go a little bit in order here, but I'm going to do it a little bit on the fly. So if I fuck up, that's my, on me. Hand up. Um, this week, Muslim Salikov is out against Michelle Pajera, Pajeda. He is being replaced by Andre Ooh, I'm going to botch this one. It's Portuguese. Andre Fialo, I believe. Do we know anything about Andre Fialo? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into when we break it down, but he's a guy who's been kind of hopping around the amateur scene. He's fought, I think, PFL, LFA, a decent amount of, of places, but we don't know too much, but we'll share with you what we do. And, and PFL and LFA are big enough organizations where you feel comfortable about a guy making his debut rather than, like, someone who just comes out of truly just a re- the regional scene even the contender series honestly i sometimes don't consider as like, i'd rather have a someone coming in off like pfl that, or bellator than like the contender series i don't know if you feel similarly but i don't know i'm excited and i think we're breaking news live here do 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 do, do about rescheduled due to covid19 michelle Pereira, andre fialo oh uh, topology oh, just, just said that Jeez. Right. Got, who, did it say who's got COVID in that one? Uh, it, it, I don't that, know. It trails off. It says yeah. about rescheduled COVID-19 and then gives me like a – it says it says that there's going to be more, but when I click on it, I don't, I don't see it. I don't know. All right. TBD on that one. We have two other fights this weekend canceled since we recorded set the spread. Uh, Clayson, Rodriguez, and – Zaruk Adeshev, that one's off the table. And Buckley versus Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, that one was one that we set a spread for, is also scrapped. Um, all right, so that's not super exciting, unfortunately, the world we live in at the moment. 
let's get to some fight announcements. And I am going to go in order best I can here. Like I said, let's start with 212. That is UFC 271 in Houston. Derek Lewis, Tai Tuivasa. Yeah, I saw that one. Talk about just personalities of the sport who also make for exciting fights. That one's- right, such a fan favorite matchup there. You know there's going to be fireworks unless it – I mean, Tai Tuivasa is not a guy that's going to play the whole Francis thing. I, I think he's going to go in there in, in exchange. I, I don't know. I don't yeah, want to get my hopes up too high. Especially with the way that Hardy fight went, Tui clearly doesn't care that much. So it'll be fun. That's one where you're going to be intrigued to take that under one and a half. All right. A couple announcements for 219. Actually, just one. Johnny Walker and Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill coming off an impressive knockout not too long ago. Definitely should be a fun striking matchup. Johnny Walker's always... Interesting when he gets in the cage, you never really know what you're going to get. Um, and Jamal Hill's definitely going to strike with him. I don't really see that fight hitting the mat too often. See, what's interesting about that one, though, is Jamal Hill's a guy where you don't really totally know what you're going to get. At least that's what I found. And because of Paul Craig, I thought he had that one in the bag. And then against who did he just, Jimmy Crude or Brennan? It was Jimmy Crude. I go, oh, J- Jimmy Crute's going to have the edge on him. And, and, and then Jamal Hill looks phenomenal. So, I don't know. Johnny Walker looked reinventive in his last time out. That, that's actually a fight I'm more excited for than I thought I was going to be the more I think about it. I knew there was one more 219 that we were excited for. RDA versus Rafael Fazeev. That's got Danny written all over it. Yeah, just stylistically super fun there. Let's see if RDA can put the wet blanket on Fazeev. Uh, one more in February to announce Ryan Span and Jan Kutalaba. That's 226. See, and, and that for me, and I don't want to like play my hand too early, but Dan and I were talking pre show, and Kobe's been in the room for the talks as well, talking about how it would be nice. I mean, last season is season three of the Angle Pick Pod. Season two, we kept talking about how we had a really big hunch on something, or like, oh, if we saw that line earlier, we would be able to grab it. That fight right there is a fight that when that line opens, I, I feel comfortable hitting Kudalaba pretty hard there. I, I think oh, Ryan Span is, yeah, I think Ryan Span's a guy that I don't know what type of weight he pulls anymore. I know people were excited about him in the beginning, but that's, that's got Kudalaba's fight written all over it. To that end, we're going to be trying to record these set the spread episodes earlier than we have in the past to allow DK and Reese to get in on that early action. I got a question for you, Kobe. I, I, what, what, what date did you say that fight was? 226, February 26th. I don't want to cheat, but when, when, when you have a second on downtime, check if that line's opened yet. I'd be intrigued to see if that line opened yet. Cause that'd be one that I would like to get on. Like, I mean, talk about early uh, now, if I could. Um, I will check on that. I, yeah, I don't mind we'll seeing. We'll get around to it. Um, let's move into March. We've got a bunch announced for UFC 272. We had some action on it. So, what four or five days ago, we had two title fights announced for March 5th. Originally, that was Piotr Jan, Aljamain Sterling, and Volk Holloway 3. Obviously, since then, Holloway's had to withdraw with an injury. Today, actually, 
it sounds like TKZ is going to be taking his spot for that belt, but that's actually going to be moved to 273. So a little, a, a whole lot, a whole lot to take in there, but two title fights on the 272 card, or I'm sorry, just one now. But while we're here, let's also talk Colby versus Jorge, which got announced just today as well. Also 272. And I think that one's headlining. Yeah. It, I, I don't know if it's headlining or not, but one thing, I know there's no title on the line there, but for those who might be newer to the sport or don't follow the drama as much, there, there's a lot to that fight, Dan. It's, it's very similar. I mean, it's like talk about friends turned foes type thing. I, I think the lead up to that fight is going to be a lot of Colby Covington antics. And you know, George is a guy who won't, who won't take a lot of that. So that's something I'm really excited for. 100%. It's going to be a super, super emotional buildup. I mean, you have to, you have to think these guys have spent countless hours in the gym. I mean, knowing each other's weaknesses and whatnot. I think it's going to be a fun matchup. Yeah. Also 272. I don't want to just rush by it, but we have Marina Rodriguez against Yao Janan. I know we talked about that one on our futures episode, but that's been announced since the last time we recorded. Um, and Jalen Turner and Jamie Malarkey is also going to be on the undercard at 272. We should be a banging night. Banging night, indeed. All right, a few more. 312, we have Alex Caceres and the return of Sadiq Youssef. Wow. Wow, that's – man, that's a long time overdue. I mean, was there anything that came out of that camp or himself that explains the long layoff? I mean, he's been gone forever. And he picked up a I lot know. of popularity and traction too. And then he fought Arnold Allen and it wasn't a clear victory either way. I mean, it was, it was loose, but it, it was a good fight. And then he just kind of disappeared. I'm glad to see he's coming back. Also 312, we have Drew Dober, Ricky Glenn. Oh, well, you know, I love me some Ricky Glenn. Last fight announcement for this week. This is all the way out to 273 now. Uh, that's April 9th. And again, that's what it's looking like. TKZ Bulk is going to be headlining. Um, Arini Aldana, Aspen Lad. Yeah, just another fun matchup. Um, should be able to see which one's a real contender here and which one's not. I'm not sure. sure. I mean, they're both kind of middle of the pack, but one of them can definitely break through here with a decisive win. And I, and I think it's going to be your girl, Dan. I really do. And then that, that leads in for those who, who might have missed our future predictions episode for potential belt holders. That's, that's, a, that's definitely a good list in there. We kind of foreshadow that in advance. Um, last thing I want to mention, this is more show news than it is, you know, UFC news. But we're going to be trying, some, we're going to be trying a couple new things here in 2022 over at the Ankle Pick Pod. Your boys from the Ankle Pick Pod. Um, for pay-per-view cards, this is something that I'm kind of championing here, and I'm telling these boys around me to show up and come along for the ride. We're going to be going live on YouTube. Hopefully, we'll be able to link that to Twitter as well. But live on YouTube for about 30 minutes, the morning of pay-per-view cards, at least, to start the beginning of 2022. So we're going to kick things off January 22nd, noon central, have a little bit, have 30 minutes of content prepared um, probably some overlap with the regular programming of the pod, but just, I, I'm going to try to take the highlights of it. We're going to set up some, you know, questions that 
are going to spark some disagreement questions that are going to spark some interesting conversation about bets hopefully that we'll be able to place for that day and so we're going to take it and run with it and see if that works out for us excited yeah. to say that the other aspect of that is uh you're gonna get to see reese and i finalize our bet cards on the biggest nights of the year uh the morning of and kind of see the entire thought process of what we choose makes the final cut that's exactly what I was about to say. There's, there's a lot. I mean, this is going to be post weigh in, post, you know, morning thoughts, all, all that good stuff. So it's one of those things where you could tune in for 15, 20, 30 minutes, whatever, and get, make some real money, to be honest with you. It's right. Exciting. So circular calendars, 122 at noon central. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll follow up with a little more details as it comes a little bit closer, but we're excited to announce it. Anything else? news or notes related before we jump into this week's card boys uh um want to talk eagle fc for a second you know i i, I could i could I, i'm down for anything I, i'm just excited to be back honestly i've just been like this is one of those weeks where you know i know we're recording early this is tuesday as you're hearing our voices it's probably gonna be wednesday when you get to listen to it but I, i'm just excited like taping has been entertaining for me especially if it's a fight that i don't to- i know that i might not totally remember how it goes Oh, I don't know about you, Dan, but I've been getting like some itches. It's been great. Oh, definitely. And yeah. I do think we should still mention, or we do, should mention before we get out of news and notes, just in case there's some listener out there where we're your only source of MMA news. There was some kind of speculative drama that went down at uh, between the buys, Vlismus, and oh, the yeah. Lindsay camp yeah. that uh, is, is worth mentioning because it's a, it's a little bit, I don't know funny depending on what side you look at it but uh apparently there's kind of been a love triangle going on between ufc middleweight roman delize and flyweight um jp buys and then also strawweight cheyenne vlismus that uh has left a marriage a little bit fractured and then i think that the former two or yeah the former two roman and cheyenne are out in Roman's hometown in Georgia, living it up or hiding from JP. I don't know. There's been a lot of allegations thrown and I don't really know. It's all speculative here. This is all alleged, but uh, man, it'd be funny to see JP and, and Roman fight at size parity. Roman would just hammer nail him. That's what I was about to say. There, Roman's the guy of weird JP buys is probably in a weird spot where anyone he's ever had challenge him. He knows he can kick their ass. And then here comes Roman. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Yeah. Tough scene though. I don't want to, you know, you hate seeing marriages go and shit, but man, tough scene out there. And then I gave Dan the, the, the early question is, is, is he more or less of a fan of Roman these days? Apparently it's net even no change, no change. No, but it's definitely great momentum for the Georgian invasion coming into (laughs) Chikadze fight week. The Georgian invasion coming to the United States and stealing our women. And that is what we call a transition into this week's fight night card. Giga Chikadze, Calvin Cater. Again, we mentioned it, but it's back at the apex. It is, what, 6 o'clock central main card, prelims at 3 p.m. So, Reese, getting your beak wet a little bit early, but you've been waiting, so you deserve it early as possible. This is fine. It's just I... As everyone knows, they've heard a million times, I love when my night's spoken for. People go, oh, you want to go to the bars? Nope, can't do it. Sorry, working. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, well, let's get into it. Now I'm just beyond excited. I, the, even this routine just feels different than usual. So Dan, we'll start off on the first prelim fight. 
uh, one of the ones I'm more excited for on the card. It's, it's Brian Kelleher, who always leads for an interesting fight. And he's fighting Sadikov Kakaramov. Kakaramanov. And the line is Kelleher plus 140. Um, Can I get a pronunciation Kak- on that? Kakaramanov. I got Kakramanov. it. Saidikov Kakaramanov. Minus 170. And also, it has not changed from open. It's been pretty flat. This is an interesting one for me. People are really high on Saeed Jacob uh, and his win over Trevin Jones. He finished him. That's no easy task. We've seen prospects that I'm way higher on than Saeed Jacob have a lot of trouble with Trevin Jones, um, i.e. Timber Valiev, even though that got reversed to a no contest, I think because of marijuana. But regardless, I think Saeed Cobb is a good prospect. I think he's more skilled than Brian. I think he's rightfully the favorite. I think Brian Keller is going to surprise some people here. I think Brian Keller is going to be able to stuff some takedowns, be able to frustrate Saeed Cobb, maybe tire him out, um, and just really just use his veteran kind of – as much as he's been a gatekeeper, and I don't mean that in a bad way. He's, he's a savvy veteran here. I think that – He's going to close the gate on Saeed Yacob, at least for the moment. I think we'll see some success from Saeed Yacob, especially early. But I like Brian Kelleher here at the price. I think that, for me, this fight was a little bit closer to 50-50 than the line shows. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. And the thing about Brian Kelleher is I've been fooled by him more than enough. I believe I bet Ode Osborne. He lost via guillotine choke, which, by the way, if you are unfamiliar – Brian Keller has like the guillotine choke. And then I got burned by um, Hunter Azure as well. I thought would have had it. So, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of Brian Kelleher. I, I think I like him at the dog price here, Dan. Yeah, I really do. I, I don't know if it's official yet. Obviously there's more taping that needs to be done, but it's, it's hard for me to look past a guy that likes being the underdog and Brian Kelleher as as a as a pretty sizable dog yeah and, and he's a, definitely a dog we like to say this that is going to fight for your money he's not going to get into deep waters and kind of turn away or turtle up he, he's gonna swim out of that and then really fight for your money yeah that, and like i said you could be in the last two minutes of the fight and he pulls guillotine and it's over i mean his guillotine is seriously phenomenal one of the best around um so it looks you know one thing quick before we continue to move up this card there is an overwhelming trend that when me and you unanimously agree on something, especially an underdog, it, it, it comes through more often than it doesn't. So that's something for the listeners who might want to play on that early card, regardless if it's an official play or not, put a little star next to this. If you're following along, um, definitely some value to be had. Dakota Bush back in the octagon against Boroshev, Vyacheslav Boroshev, Vyacheslav Boroshev, and the line is Boroshev minus 185, Dakota Bush plus 160. And I'm going to get a little movement action on it. Opened at 125, the dog in Boroshev. So massive, massive movement in favor of him. Dan, can you still play him at minus 180? Or is this something that now is, is a no-go? It's a lot tougher. And this is the, a movement that I really – it hurt me deep in my stomach because I like Boroshev a lot here. Yeah. Um, and this Reese, is you might not, you, you know, he's the striking coach now for now. I did not know that. I was <laughs> no, but say- regardless, I know, I know that we like to hate on 
alpha male on this podcast. I hate more. Um, no, well, what I know I he's capable say- striker. I know he's going to have the striking advantage. And um, with with him training with all those wrestlers at Team Alpha Male, I'm not so confident or I'm not so concerned with Dakota Bush being able to go and drown him. I know that uh, Dakota Bush is a good grappler, but it worries me a tiny bit because I do think that we're going to see Vlasislav eventually just get dominated and subbed um, as he keeps on going on his fight, but on his career. But I don't think it's here. I think that I think he's going to roll and I'm struggling because I don't like how the line has moved and I don't really want to buy it at the price, but I, I like Vlasislav a lot. Well, I was going to say two things. One was that this is the prime example of what we were talking about with the Kudalaba fight that I just talked about, or what we were talking about with season two in general. Imagine if we could have gotten Borishev at a, at a dog price. You would have been all over it. Oh, yeah. Too. Definitely, um, definitely. And then, and then I was going to follow that up with a nice little joke that Team Alpha Male striking is trash. So that's a tough scene to be the striking coach. That's like being the hitting coach for, like, the Texas Rangers. It's just a tough scene. You're just trash. <laughs> um, <laughs> so congratulations to Borishev for – for, for all his accomplishments, but two eight or one eighty is still semi palatable if you shop lines. So look look for that on Dank Wager's final card coming to this Saturday. I I'm I, I don't have a, a direct answer on this yet, but I, I do lean Borishev out the gate. Yep. Um, let's see. Ram oh Ramiz Brahim Brahimaj versus Court McGee. Court McGee getting back into it and. Let's see, where's the contest? Court McG- oh, so it was like dead even. 110 each way. Court McGee opened at 120. So, I mean, we're talking about it's just flatlined from open. What's the lean here? I mean, I'm shocked Court McGee is another fight, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, not only that, looking at this, I was really, really shocked that uh, Ramiz was, isn't a favorite. He's a lot younger. Um, I know that his it's stylistically he's going to go in there, be all offense, try and get takedowns, and that's probably not a good strategy against court. But I tend to think that Ramiz is going to be able to be fine and, and not put himself in a weird situation and, and get caught in a triangle or something. I think that he'll be able to kind of ground and pound and maybe move to a submission of his own from the top. Yeah. And for those not familiar with uh, Brahimaj, he fights out of Fortis, which we, t- we tout a lot here. I mean, he quick subbed uh, Polotnikov. He subbed uh, Carlos Martinez. That's on the regional scene. But, like, if you look down his topology or you watch any of his tape, you learn almost instantly that he's not a guy that's, like, a fish out of water on the mat. Um, he's no, and that to- loss to Max Griffin looked yeah. bad at the time, but I don't – really hold it as such a big red flag at this point. Max Griffin has rattled off three in a row and um, including, I mean, Carlos Condit who beat Court McGee pretty soundly. I mean, Carlos Condit is not. He's retired. The old Carlos Condit. Yeah. He's, retired. He's retired for a reason. Yeah. Um, and, and and you're looking at also like just like a shoddy record, like a split decision loss to Diego Lima, loss to Ben Saunders. I mean, I know we're going back to 2017, but for those who don't know Ben Saunders, Ben Saunders was the early ultimate fighter, Muay Thai guy, but he near those last couple of days, he had an absolute chin of glass and it went to unanimous decision loss. Court couldn't finish it. So court, you know, courts had his wheel spun off for a while now. And at 37, 
I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you, Dan. When I saw this lines open and, and movement, I'm shocked to see court standing with a minus. Could be name recognition or could be something I'm missing. One thing I will say, though, is I think there could be a potential play on the over here. We're talking Court McGee, a guy that didn't get finished by Sean Brady or Sean Strickland. Do we Pretty have damn over, good. Yeah, do we have an over number? Uh, I can pull it up. I do like that, Dan. Uh, over two and a half is at minus 175 on five dimes. So still not the best number, but definitely playable. Yeah, it could be at least a parlay add too. So, you know, get a little star going there. Jot that down as a potential play for that fight. Because if you're tentative to lay the straight up in any regard. Um, right, or maybe you don't like the Vladislav Borshev line, line where it's at the yeah. over one and a half. And you're paying Vladislav. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you know what it pays after he's introduced the next fight. You know what? Actually, I can just pull it up right now. Uh, parlaying over one and a half in that Court McGee, Ramiz Brahimaj, and Vlachislav money line pays almost even or exactly even money plus 102. Also, I'd like to comment on uh, shout out Dan's computer. That is the fastest loading I've ever seen. I mean, he boom, just pulled that right out of his right out of thin air. Next fight on the prelim before the main card. Again, a lot of fights been shuffled around. Jamie Pickett still in the UFC fighting at 185 against Joseph Holmes. And the line here is Pickett. Pickett plus 130, Joseph Holmes minus 150. And it opened at Jamie Pickett plus 150. So a little bit of action on Pickett, not a ton to to make this a world beater event, but interesting. I mean, dude, Pickett's a guy that's done nothing but disappoint me i don't know about you and for those unfamiliar with joseph holmes uh he was on the contender series i believe this year like recently Mm -hmm. had a win and i don't think he got the contract i think that uh he's taking this fight as i think a little bit of short notice i don't remember who it was uh oh yeah kyle barello was the originally was originally supposed to fight jamie pickett but I kind of like Holmes here. He's great Muay Thai. He has good speed. And I think the power advantage from what I've seen. And based on that star Poli fight from Pickett, um, I just don't think that Pickett's got enough dominant pressure or, or top heavy wrestling to negate or, or hold Joseph Holmes on the ground. I think he'll be able to pop up and, and touch Pickett up a bunch. I think he's appropriately the favorite. Yeah. I, I don't know if Pickett's changed camps or if Pickett, um, has changed anything, but this is a guy that you look at and you go, Oh, this guy's going to be an absolute fucking monster. You know what I mean? This guy's going to be just, I mean, he's got reach for days. He's a freak athlete. He's very strong, good condition, like all the above. And he just continues to just lose. I mean, he lost to Jordan, Wright Fast too, like quick fucking knockout. Um, he lost to Chukwi. It's not the end of the world, but like, it's just a guy that I, I feel like has left a lot to be desired. I mean, he didn't even finish Darapoli, who looked like drastically undersized against Pickett. And I think he got uh, the pink slip literally right after the fight. So I don't know. I think the 26-year-old, the, uh, the, the younger guy here in Joseph Holmes has, has nothing but uh, the ability to prove himself here. One thing to note, if, if you're looking for um, some tape, uh, for... 
for both these guys, they have a like opponent in Jehovan Potty, and it's a guy that you can find tape on. One was on Dana White looking for a fight. That is the Joseph Holmes fight, and then Pickett fought him on the Contender Series as well. Um, both did not. Both fights didn't last long, but Holmes made quicker work of him than than Pickett did. Not not. To, I'm not weighing too much into that, but if you if you're someone who also likes to film and you have a tough time finding it, those those are the two easiest highest quality fights you you can get in on um but yeah dan i'm with you i am i actually liked holmes here early when i first saw the line i was tempted by it and as the week's gone on with limited movement i'm feeling more and more like it's palatable uh i i I think it's honestly if you're getting even nitpickier i i think holmes by by finish is is not that bad either I mean, Pickett's proven to be a guy who can who who keeps his head on the center line and gets hit, relies on his athletics athleticism. So, you know, if you want to get really tricky with it, you you could do Holmes inside the distance or or by KO TKO and not feel yeah, bad. No, I honestly I love that. I love that as a prop. I think Pickett. I mean, we just said that he got touched up early by the Beverly Hills Ninja. I think Joseph Holmes speed. has a lot better Muay Thai. He got then. steamrolled by him. Like, it wasn't like one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, undisguised, uh, you know, straight right from the waist or something interesting, an uppercut that just, I mean, it was something that he just got absolutely steamrolled. Um, so, you know, it's stuff that's concerning. Defense lacks. And in a couple fights here, we're about to get to the, who, Dan, who was the guy who had knockout of the year? Chris Barnett. Chris Barnett. We have a Chris Barnett of fights on here with the lightweight now heavyweight Jake Collier, which I still think is like not me. Former middleweight now heavyweight. If we're going to look at his, we're going to look at his topology picture. It is. Oh, it is. It is literally hilarious. It's, it's wild. It's wild. It's, it's yeah, he's got a win over Gabriel Checo as a callback. He's fighting this same night, Saturday night um, against Rampage Jackson on Eagle Fight Club. But he's got to oh, win over Gabriel Checo at middleweight. I actually, I know we've dabbled in sports cards a little bit, but I was going through some of my cards the other day, and I found a Jake Collier when he was a, a welterweight or middleweight, and he looked like a different. It took I did double. Did I say looked, Rampage Jackson? Rashad Evans is who's fighting. Did say Rampage. That was wrong. But Rampage Jackson's also fighting somewhere weird. He had a boxing match or something. It's probably why I confused it. But Rashad Evans, I mean, want to respect that guy. Yeah, for sure. Rashad, one of the best to ever do it. Um, but yeah, I, I found that funny because it actually happened literally the other day. I was scrolling through some of my old uh, throwback MMA cards and I see a Jay Collier as a welterweight and I had to double take the picture. I laughed my ass off. I might post the picture to Twitter on us. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I want to post a picture to Twitter at uh, Kingpin MMA, maybe even off the ankle pick account if I'm feeling dicey tonight after my nightclub. Okay, let's get to the main card here. And so I want to I want to add a little disclaimer here for those listeners. A lot of uh, you guys listen mainly for the ankle lock of the week. Kobe, what was the ankle lock record in the calendar year of 2021? It was really it was something phenomenal. Well, I actually um, don't have it for the calendar year, but I've got 29 well, and 13 overall. 29 and 13 overall. Okay, and you know if that you has know, some 2020 into it. If you've been following the podcast, you know you know Kobe's not great at keeping records, so we'll but we'll go with it. <laughs> Um, I, I thought nine of its last 11, <laughs> nine of its last 11. But the reason why I mentioned is because there's two, two things. One, we as a pod are now going to be keeping the ankle pick pod 
uh, ankle lock of the week. I think, I, I think we're fine. I would be fine resetting it to be honest with you. And we're going to tally units or what we'll do is we'll tally units for the year and then keep an overall running one, one, one of the two, but we haven't been tallying plus minus units. We're going to looking into 2022. The other thing, and, and the reason why this burrito fight prompted me is Dan and I, due to recording this on Tuesday, we, there were a couple picks we liked for a potential ankle lock. There were ones that we both agreed on the lines for one of them didn't necessarily agree. The other one, we want a little bit more time. So please stay tuned to at ankle pick pod on Twitter. We will release the official ankle lock. If we have one this week, it's not a guarantee every week, but I just want to preface that quickly before we get into a fight that Dan, this is one that we're looking at. Uh, Joe Anderson Brito versus Bill Algio fighting at 145. And the line on this is Brito minus 132, Bill Algio plus 112. The line opened at 110 each way, which was shocking to me, seemingly shocking to you as well. And it's kind of moved up a little bit. But I believe you like Brito here. Is that correct? I do. I, I, I really do. Uh, he's a guy out of shoot box that is just, he was really fun to tape, I mean, in all honesty. And, um, he's got some really impressive stuff in the amateur scenes. I mean, culminating in that contender series win over Diego Lopez. And I don't think he looked incredible in that fight. I don't even know if he got the contract right away, but um, a win over Diego Lopez is as impressive as it gets at That's 19 and three. Yeah. So for those, not to interrupt you. Sorry. I'm doing it anyways. Go ahead. I was just going to say that he did get the contract that night and I believe it was shaky because of the fact that the way it ended, it ended with Brito dominated round one and, and, and I think he was dominating most around two tied to my turn a little bit. Diego Lopez, for those who aren't familiar is phenomenal. I mean, he's UFC caliber as it gets, he, he'll, he'll find his way into UFC for sure. But what ended up happening was it was an eye poke and Diego Lopez could not continue. And what was interesting about this fight is after round, it started round three. So they went to the judge's scorecard for the decision, but they took points away from Brito for the eye poke, but they counted round three into the decision. It was super weird. Moral of the story, got a technical decision, but he looked good in the moments that he was there previous, uh, the penalty, in my opinion. He looked, he looked like a guy who was disgustingly well-rounded, both on the mat and on the feet. Oh, definitely. And, and he's been through some of the, most prestigious lower promotions like LFA and FFC. And he's been, I mean, to the top of the mountain headlining five round main events. And so I'm not concerned about his gas tank at all. Um, and Algio is decently well-rounded, good grappling base. We bet on him in the past, especially, I think we're really heavy on him in that Spike Carlisle fight. Um, but I just, I think that Rito is going to, be too much for him. I think that he's going to set a really high pace. I think he's going to be the better grappler. I think he's going to be the better striker. I think he trains. I not. I think he does train at by far the more prestigious gym. Algio is still at uh, Algio Kickboxing, his yeah. own those, gym where he's the top dog and whatnot. And for those who don't follow the gyms as closely as Danny and I do, uh, Truthbox is is a gym out in, in Brazil, and it is known for having the toughest training regimens, the toughest motherfuckers come out of that gym ever. I mean, you're talking about guys who stand in there, train all day, kickbox. I mean, these guys have heart for days, no quit in them. Like whenever I see- Tons uh, of Brazilian champs. Yeah, whenever I see someone coming out of that camp, 
you know the guy's tough as nails. The other thing, Dan, that I wanted to add is when you look at a guy like Diego Lopez, who he fought in his contender series, he is one of the better jiu-jitsu practitioners in the sport of MMA that I've seen. Like, he's, he's up there. I mean, you're talking about arm bars, knee bars, um, a lot of arm bars, rear naked chokes. I mean, the guy can grapple. And so that makes me feel that much better when you watch that fight, all of Brito's escapes, because the submission was what I was worried about. And he continuously escaped submissions. I believe there was, I mean, 10 plus attempts on, on Diego's side and none of them got through. And so this is one that I, I looked at to see, you know, is Algio going to get that surprise submission to relieve the pressure? And the answer, in my opinion, is no. I, I really don't think he's going to, which makes that 130 just that much sexier. Oh, 100%. This, this one's definitely going on my card. Um, I just wanted to do a little bit more taping before on, on Tuesday, this early in the week, we call it our yeah. official ankle lock. Yeah, and, and so preliminarily look at it. Um, I would say place it regardless. And then coming up, we still have the other one that we're kind of torn between and the lines up in the air and, and whatnot. So we'll get there when we can. Next fight up. Main card, this is, the, this is the fight I was alluding to. It's a bit of a, I don't want to say clown fight. This is just one that's funny. It's Chase Sherman versus Jake Collier at heavyweight. And I, I really don't know what to make of this, Dan. I don't even know what the line is. I'm going to take a peek now. It I'm is, seeing it as Collier yeah. minus 125 with Sherman coming back yep. at plus 105. That is exactly what I'm seeing. And, and <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to make of this. I, I, I've been in the sport for a while. I was watching Jake Collier at a, welter, as, at a welterweight or middleweight or whatever the fuck he was pre-layoff. Chase Sherman's a guy that, you know, he has a football background. He's a guy who is not scared to, to stand in the phone booth. And, you know, I mean, I think he had a little stint on bare knuckle. He's just a goof, but he's not that good. He's not that technical. He doesn't move his head. A lot of concerning things, especially at heavyweight, it's just the opponent on the other side. It's like, I... You know, Dan, I'm, I'm lost on this one. I'll be honest. I have, a, I have an interesting play that I'm going to throw by you, but I'm going to give you the floor first. Both these guys are on my auto fade list. I will not be putting my hard-earned cash on anyone. Um, my taping led me to lean Collier just because, like you said, Chase Sherman does not move his head at all. And Collier looked technically like he had some skill a little bit against Carlos Felipe. I mean, that was a split decision. And you got to imagine just coming up at welterweight, you have to be more technically sound than to be a banger at heavyweight. So I do kind of give him the technical edge there, but I'm not betting on him. I'm not betting him on him at a favorite price. And this is this is a I know we like to say that this during the women's MMA and whatnot, but this is a go to the bathroom, refill your beer, pick up pizza, whatever fight for me. Well, what's wild is you actually just alluded to my interesting angle here. So he said, go get a pizza, beer, bathroom break. We use it a lot for women's fights because they, they tend to be a low pace, you know, grappling affair, low action, whatever. And, and you wouldn't expect that out of heavyweights. You'd be sitting here being like, oh, well, two heavyweights who are willing to stand in a phone booth pocket should be exciting. My interesting take here, I like the over, Dan. I do. Mm. The line's not super palatable. It's over two and a half minus 175. Mm. But I, for heavyweights. For heavyweights. But I here's the thing about these two heavyweights. One, massive gas tank issues. And you might allude that to, 
you might allude that to, oh, well, one of them is just going to fade and fold. It's, it's, it's kind of the opposite. It's more of like they throw lower volume and not as hard, but they still are active. And the reason why you're like, well, how do you know this? You see it in a lot of fights. I mean, Jan Vellante, uh, one of the fights I typed was Jan Vellante, Jake Collier, both just gassed out. And all it was, was just, you know, a, a pillow fight. And you saw a similar thing in that Carlos Philippe fight where pacing kind of just slowly dropped off and, and, and Jake Collier stayed the distance. Chase Sherman on the other side is a guy who in the UFC went the distance with Parker Porter, went the distance with Andre Orlovsky, um, finished Ike Villaueva, who, you know, we've prefaced before COVID fighter. And he's a guy that, I mean, he's even going to unanimous decisions at bare knuckle. I mean, he's a guy who's, who strikes at range he, he, he's not very technical. It's just like, it's going to be a gross fight. It's going to be boring, but I think it's going to go 15 minutes. I really do. So, but yeah, I don't disagree with that. So, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not saying it's an official play yet. I would just look at it more as a potential angle to play an interesting fight, especially cause, uh, do you still have that odd shark page up? And if so, I does, do. It, does it tell you public money on totals? Um, it does not it's just the money okay. line. Okay, I was going to, I was curious, does it have, what, what is the money line lean? Money line, 76% of the money, public money is on Chase Sherman. Interesting. Right. Interesting. But like you said, um, yeah. just a quick tidbit, if you think it's going to become a pillow fight and just kind of be no power by the end of the round, any thought on the fight goes to decision at minus 150 instead of the minus 175 or you fine with laying the extra juice for the extra two minutes? I personally am fine for laying the extra juice in this rare case because of the fact that I don't trust either of these guys to not fold. I, I think if, if one of them is really, really gassed to the point where they're like, oh, I'm going to die, they, they might just. It's going to happen in the last yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, 90 I'll take, seconds or so. I'll, I'll take the two and a half minutes of leeway. Can't hurt. Um, good. The other thing, Dan, if you have the props open, can you tell me what either of these guys to win by decision is? Because Jake Collier fading the public and then doing it by decision seems like something I can get behind. So that number is only plus 165, okay. which is smaller than I thought, uh, yeah, with I mean, Sherman by decision coming in at 310. But it seems like Vegas is pretty happy to have public money all over Sherman. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. That'll be one that I'm actually going to monitor because – if it continues that the public finds themselves on Sherman, I might take the veteran Collier because I love taking vets against guys who are just raw and, and because the vets know how to get the job done. Well, it must be that the public, the amount of plays are on Sherman because the line is only moved in Collier's favor. Mm. But Collier's went from near even mm. to a bigger that's very favor. Interesting. That, that actually indicts that sets so a reverse line which usually indicts sharp action that's interesting i, I i'm going to monitor that one closer okay another card on the another fight of the main card this one's at 25 both guys find themselves in contender type spots you got one guy who might be coming down from bantam weight and bontorin is that true Rogerio Bontorin, his ranking next to his name has an bantamweight. I thought his last time out was flyweight. It was. He fought Matt Schnell at flyweight, Kai Carpenter. So he's been a flyweight since being in the UFC. Um, I don't know why they still have him ranked at uh, uh, bantamweight on topology. First, Brandon Royvel, a guy who, you know, fights the Pantojas, the Morenos, the Kai Carpenter of the world. I believe Royvel actually got a title shot maybe against. Eh, I'm not sure. I don't, don't quote me on that. But 
The line here is Brandon Royval minus 165, Rogerio Bontorin plus 145. And the line opened at 110 each way. Yeah, this is another one where the public is all over Royval. Obviously, I'm seeing, and like you said, his win over Kai Kara France and fighting Moreno and Pantoja. He definitely has the better strength to schedule. But that's not to say that Bontorian hasn't fought some killers. I mean, Howie and Paiva and Ray Borg and also Kai Kara France, even though that one didn't go his way. I don't know. Well, I think Kai Kara France went Roy Val's way. He won that one. Well, but it didn't go Bontorian's way. Oh, Bont- yeah, you're right. You're right. No, no, no. Bontorian lost to Kai. And I don't know, Dan, I don't know if you remember that fight with Kai Kara France versus Roy Val, but Roy Val was losing early. Kai Kara France came out guns a blazing before he ripped off that submission. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of always a threat that Roy Val is going to have is, is to come out of nowhere with that factory X kind of crazy submission game. Um, but the other thing that is a little bit of a red flag for me about Roy Val is he's got kind of like a Corey Sandhagen tendency to turn his back mm. while he's defending which is really just not something I look for or not something that I like to bet on. Um, I tend to think that the better number here is Bontorin. I think that this fight is, should be a lot more where it opened up than where it is now. I think it Roy Val might bust a lot of parlays if that's where it is. And I, I think the, and I'm seeing the public's all over him, but. Um, Wait, public's on who? Roy Val. On Roy Val. See, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because I actually had a very similar take is, is seeing this line move in a direction I didn't necessarily think it would move. This is one that I would have pegged as not a lot of line movement. You know, these guys are very – this is a very good matchup. Mm-hmm. Like this – excuse me. This might just be one that I lay off and enjoy for the – because this is one that really shakes up that top flyweight, you know, who's going to fight Brandon Moreno or winner Brandon Moreno Figueredo. I know that Roy Bell fought Brandon Moreno for number one contender series. Bontorin's been in the mix, but can't seem to just, you know, leap past that. And did you tape Kai Car France versus Bantorin? Because I feel like it was an inverse of what happened with Roy Bell. If I remember correctly, it was early 2021, but I thought Bontorin was getting the better of him for a while until Kai Car France just landed that one. I don't yeah, think I think that side, is how it went. That was, on the uh... side, Kai Car France was handing it to Roy Bell before Roy Bell got his on that submission. So, I don't know. I mean, I think if you lop off the finishes, I, I believe, I don't want to be quoted, but I, I need to dig into this one more, but I believe Bontorin looked better against Kai Car France until the ultimate outcomes. It'll be interesting, Dan. I think Bontorin at the dog prices is the bet, personally. But we'll see going in. I, I like both these guys, mind you. Also, quick sidebar. Uh, a little, I'm over here with it. If you like Brandon Roy Valley, you think he's going to win. You think he's going to get a title shot. Go look at his rookie cards in this year's prison, baby. We'll dabble that little investment there. Um, but fun stuff altogether. Okay. Sorry for that. I'm not in the best part is we're not even sponsor anything. I just plug it because I love the hobby. Like it's not like we're getting, it's not like there's anything to even plug. I'm just, you know, big fan. Okay. Oh, I have a news and notes, Kobe, that we missed. Danny. I tracked down the Asker Askarov one of one rookie black prism. Tried to buy it, can't afford it. So news and notes, Kingpin MMA cannot afford a sports card. Just wanted to throw that out there for all the listeners. Um, maybe one day. Maybe if this thing, maybe if you share this podcast on social media a bunch and stuff, 
I can get it in our social media room one day. That would be the dream. Okay. Frame it up with a Dorino one one. That's not going anywhere. Not for sale, not for trade, people. Po ha. And I want and Gilbert's a guy that you can get cheap stuff. I don't know. No love for Dorino out there. It's some cheese. Okay. Um, co-main event. Now that we're done with the news and notes segment. Caitlin Dukakian versus Jennifer Maya. Dan, we disagreed on this one on set the spread. I lean Jennifer Maya. You rightly lean Caitlin Jukakian. Minus 180 for Caitlin Jukakian, plus 160 for Jennifer Maya. The thing that confuses me is against Valentina Shevchenko, Jennifer Maya looked so damn good that it makes me love that 160. I mean, I really, she was a live favorite in the title fight against a girl like Valentina Shevchenko. Chukakian just being that rangy, distant fighter who, 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 you know, tear taught her the idea of retirement at one point, you know, before her Andrade fight. Now she's a sizable favorite against a girl that I think is a contender at flyweight. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it stylistically, Maya is a fighter who matches the styles of a lot of fighters that have given Chuk problems. I mean, you talk about Andrade and you talk about that Araujo and Calvillo fight. I mean, those were unanimous decisions for Chuk, but they were really close and a lot closer than a lot of, I think that the line suggested. Uh, but I do think that Chukagian is going to be able to keep this standing for the majority of the fight. And I think that's just kind of what it comes down to. If there's seven and a half minutes of grappling, Chukagian is going to lose. And if she can stay up on her feet for eight minutes and circle, she's going to touch up Maya and, and get a nice decision here. So I guess my follow-up question to you is, are you betting 180 that Maya can't get it to the mat? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm okay. staying away from are here. The science would say Maya – I was going to say, grappling. are you betting plus 160 that she can get it to the mat? I, I'm not, but that would be the side that I'm taking. I think yeah. Chukagian's going to win this fight, and I'm staying away from it, but the side here is the Maya side. and The public money's on Chukagian as well at a 65% yeah. rate. Um, Follow-up question, if I can find it. I wonder what Maya – Maya by submission. What do you think that line is? Let's do a little set the spread. What, what is Maya by decision, Dan? I'll bet it's I mean, less, less than 300. What? I'll bet it's less than 300. No. Like, it, it, Maya by, wins by submission is plus 1,100. Wow. 1,100 on five dimes, 1,200 on FanDuel right now. Wow. Um, that is Maya worth a sprinkle. Yeah. That's, that is a line that I, Dan, it's interesting you say that. I literally thought it was going to be Maya plus like 350. And then maybe decisions like 400. In last best fight odds is mistaking. It is 1,200 on FanDuel right now, um, which I'm going to hit him with a double check, but that's just crazy. Yeah. go. I mean, go over to FanDuel users right now and put a little sprinkle on that, even yeah, if it's just a couple bucks. That's, I mean, that's that worth would, it. That's a very likely path to victory for Maya, if not by decision. So that's that, that – yeah, crazy. Um, okay, and then – so like we said, there was a live scratch on the Pereira card. So let's get into this week's fucking main event. Let's go. Sorry for my cursing. It's been a whole month. I'm literally dying here for how long it has been. And we have an absolute banger. The Boston Cartel, Calvin Cater versus the Georgia Invasion, Giga Jakatsi. And this is the one that we were teeter-tottering with for the ankle lock as well, but it, it kind of steered us the wrong way because of the size of the line here. Um, 
we're looking at if I can get it. Oh no, that's right. It's not on. So we were having some issues. The line is not on best fight odds for some reason, our go-to site. Dan, do you have the line for us? Is it on? I was seeing it today at Giga Chikadze at minus 230. I don't see it right now in front of me. But uh, so we're going to go with the line we're going to work that. with. We're going to go. We're going to go. I'm fine going with 230 for that. Just because, like you said, I, I really don't know where it is. Um, so that would make Calvin around plus 195, plus 200 yeah, coming back. I was going to call 190. So let's go 190, 230 for all intents and purposes. I, I like Giga. I really do. And this is something that I'm a big cater guy all month. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to ride Cater here. I mean, stand-up is his forte. If, if he had more time in the stand-up, uh, or if, if the Zabit went more than three rounds, Cater had that in the back. I think that people are down on him because of the fact that he looked so bad against Max. But we're, we're- and he did look terrible in the first two rounds of that Zabit fight. I, okay. I agree with you that if it goes five and, and – to beat gases the way he did halfway through the third big problems but man was he having trouble with the beats kickboxing and the versatility that the beat had and this is something that we were saying before the holloway fight as good as cater is on the feet he really does tend to rely on his power more than he should um he has trouble with great kickers people that like giga can switch it up from the leg to the body mix it up with the head too. That Giga kick is brutal. He's really kickable is what I'm trying to say. No, for sure. And it's something that like, I agree. I, I, I was higher on cater, you know, three years ago, obviously, but here's something that interests, or here's a question for you. How much better is 2022 Giga? And I know we haven't seen that yet, but just for intensive purposes, like right now, how much better is Giga right now than he was in, say, 2020, early 2020? Infinitely. Infinitely. And, and we were super high on him. I remember um, he had been kind of coming off those decision streaks, yeah. and we uh, bet the prop versus Jamie Simmons that he was going to have that highlight reel, welcome yeah. to the big show kind of moment. Um, but since then, even, it's been leaps and bounds every fight. He's okay. one of those guys – that you can noticeably see like, oh, it is a different level of sophistication here with your strikings than from last time, not even compared to everyone else. And that's really what I saw while taping, which made me change my lead is, look, I remember the Giga that was losing or winning split decisions to Brendan Davis, who was out of the UFC. I'm the guys barely winning split decisions against Jamal Emmers, getting unanimous decisions against Erwin Rivera. Last three fights, knocked out Edson Barbosa, looked phenomenal. Knocked out Cub Swanson, can't even say he looked phenomenal because the fight ended so fast. And then, obviously, highlight reel against Jamie Simmons. Beat Omar Morales via unanimous decision, someone who I hold a lot of respect to. So we're at a spot where the reason, I think the fundamental question you need to ask yourself is, how much better is Giga today in 2022 than he was in 2020? I agree with you. Leaps and bounds, give me Giga here. I think... Giga is going to, I don't, okay. I don't know if Giga is going to get the finish. I don't. What I do know is that Giga is going to look damn good for at least three rounds. Oh, yes, sir. I mean, he looked almost untouchable in that Barbosa fight. And that was a really tough test. Edson Barbosa is 
not lost too many steps. I won't say that he's prime Edson anymore, but he hasn't lost too many steps. He's definitely looked like still Edson. And man, was Giga untouchable. And the other thing about that one too, didn't look gas. I mean, I know he finished it in the third round, but he still looked good. I mean, he's throwing with power that can finish it in the third round. So it's a guy that going into a five round main event, I, I don't worry about the distance. He's a high volume striker, a rangy striker. I don't worry about the distance. The question you got to ask yourself is who is going to, I, I guess, get the better of the exchanges. And I, I think Giga has poised himself via volume and range to be that, to be that guy. I agree. So I guess the moral of this is stay tuned angle pick pod because there's a potential for, I mean, there's definitely going to be an ankle lock. Danny and I agree, but it's, it, it may be which one and just stay tuned to our cards. Also, Kobe, did you say pay-per-view only for the live streams or should we look forward to that this Saturday as well? No, we're going to start with pay-per-views and see if it picks up enough success and maybe we can move it from there. Cool. So anyways, a lot of new stuff coming into 2022. I know at least from my end, I'm beyond ecstatic to not only still be doing this in 2022, but also finally getting our card uh, must needed. It's been way too long. So excited about that. So, Who's closing things up? Yeah, should we sign off with a poha? Kobe, you've been rather quiet this evening. I have been rather quiet until now. Come on, poha! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.